All right, Boiler Nation, this is Habitual Boiler with BUBD. Man, we've got a big one tonight. This is actually our first uh, first ever video live stream. I couldn't even tell you if it's actually working right now, but we hope it is. Um, we've got a bunch of special co-hosts uh, co tonight, but before we get to introducing everybody, uh, what I want to do is bring on our very special guest, uh, Roosevelt Colvin. Roosevelt my man, it is such a freaking honor to have you on here tonight. You, you are by far the biggest guest that we've ever had. And <laughs> no offense, Race, no offense. Um, as I said earlier, we'll be respectful of your time. But I, wanna, I want to get your thoughts on a lot of things. But let's start with, I, I watch, I, I follow you on Twitter <laughs> and I know you. I know you pay attention to this uh, to this football squad, and you have for years. Um, by the way, I didn't say two-time Super Bowl champion Roosevelt Colvin. Yeah. Uh, so, g give me your thoughts on on this team, and not only this team, but like Coach Brom and what he's been able to do with this program. And uh, go run with that for now. Um, I'd say, you know, as a as a as a program specifically. You know, like Purdue, you know, your 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 school is very similar to a Northwestern, to a Stanford, you know, to those, I'd say, um, athletic schools that uh, academics are really, really important or difficult for athletes to be involved in. Um, and the standards are a little bit different. And so the athlete that you recruit is a little bit different. And sometimes you're going to get, you know, really, really good players. And then sometimes um, – you're going to miss out on those kids because they don't look at the university like they may look at, you know, a Michigan or Ohio State or Alabama when it comes to football um, or, you know, a blue bud in basketball like a Kentucky or, you know, uh, Kansas. And and uh, it, there's there's good and bad in that. There's six, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. I think um, I said it uh, maybe five or six years ago pre-pandemic that it, it takes a really special student athlete to uh, excel and be good at Purdue. Um, just because you have to go there for a purpose and a reason. And I went to Purdue uh, for a couple of specific reasons. Uh, one, it was probably one of my uh, one of my only major college choices. And then uh, two, I wanted to be an engineer. And so my, I wasn't dead set on, hey, I'm going to the NFL. Um, that was just an opportunity to happen. So uh, what Coach Brom has done, and, I, and the reason I said everything I did for the last 15 minutes of that, that, um, that, that rundown, but um, I say that is because I think we are – I think we were very fortunate to get Coach Tiller when he was at Purdue. I think uh, the administration kind of fumbled the bag a little bit with that and not retaining some of the staff. If you go back and look at Coach Tiller's staff, um, every one of those guys that were on his staff my last two years are either head coaches somewhere, uh, offensive coordinators um, um, in the NFL uh, or in some pro league or have gone on to do similar situations in that in that status. And uh, it just goes to show what Coach Tiller recruited at the time. Unfortunately, we couldn't keep all those folks. And um, and so we were fortunate to have Coach Tiller then really uh, grew the program and the sense of uh, joy about Purdue football for years. And then um, kind of went uh, and took a little bit of a dip uh, with, you know, a few guys. And then I think with Coach Brown coming in, sort of a wild card. He's looking for a stepping stone from where he was to where, you know, going to a you know major power five university. 
uh, kind of fought off, I think, Louisville for a year or so um, and him trying to, you know, go back home. But I think we're very fortunate to have him. And then as he's grown, you know, young players, gotten, you know, Rondell Moore, I think the only reason he came to Purdue was because of Coach Brom. Uh, you're fortunate to have a couple of quarterbacks that have done well under him. Then you get David Bell that does well. Um, you know, Kalapas, he, you know, carries a, the, the den of defensive ends tradition. Um, those little nuggets, I think, help continue to allow us to be successful. And we're just, you know, I think as a program, we're trying to get over the hump. And I said it before the season, I said this is a really, really good year for us to be in the running to win the West. You know, anytime you got a veteran quarterback, it's, it, it, it bodes well because you had a, a veteran decision maker. Um, if we could get to the Big Ten Championship, regardless um, of who you're playing, it does a lot for the alumni. It does a lot for those kids that are recruit being recruited or that have committed. And um, and to be honest, you know, you look at Coach Brahms' record versus, uh, you know, highly ranked teams, He's done pretty good. And, uh, you know, if I look at everything that has transpired over his tenure, every it hasn't been many times where we've been, you know, outplayed or, you know, it's been it's it's been a really, really bad game versus a highly ranked team. So I think he's going to prepare them well, specifically for this weekend and uh, not to continue talking longer and longer. But I think at the end of the day, um, I have confidence that they'll go in there and play well. Um, I have confidence that they'll make plays. You know, when you are the underdog, the biggest thing in a big game like that is to not give up big plays. Um, can you take a punch if you, if you, you know, if they hit you with one? Can you stand there and hit them back, or can you withstand that and hold on for a little while just to keep yourself in it and then potentially try to have a chance to win it? Because pressure changes a lot of things for a lot of people. So I, we, I, we're loaded full of questions here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn it over to Riles. You got to be off mute, Riles. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm getting there. Uh, so coming when you were in school as one of the members of the Den of DNs, I think coming into this season, uh, a lot of people thought the defensive line was going to take a step back, especially without a guy like George Karloftis. But when you kind of take a step back and look at the season as a whole, the defensive line was probably by far and away the best part of the defense. And it looks like also the offensive line is significantly probably better than they've had under the Brom era. Can you kind of speak to as someone who comes, who came through like as a freshman coming through developing as a lineman, like how difficult that can be and how long that takes to kind of build that depth and that skill at those positions, because it's, Football is not like basketball where you get that one big recruit and you can completely turn your program overnight. You kind of have to build from the ground up. And especially with how the young players have played in the trenches this year, it looks like we've got a foundation to have more success going on because you kind of build your teams from the lines out. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I don't, it doesn't, I don't think it really has to be specific in the offensive defensive line. I think in any sport depth is really, really key and important. Um, Sorry, my, that's Raven trying to ask me a question. So I apologize for the, the tone. Um, but I think um, – You can hop on if she wants. We'll just make <laughs> no, she, <laughs> oh, Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. That uh, – let me let me do the – anyway. Um, but the, I think depth, regardless of the sport, is, is important because 
it creates a what's the word I'm looking for? It creates a opportunity if there is a situation or uh, if there's a need to go past the first two or three guys that are on the field, you still are um, uh, performing at a high level. And I, and I say a high level, that's 85, 90 percent, you know, and you can call everything in your in your in your in your wheelhouse and you don't have to restrict yourself in any way. And that right there to me is really the difference between, you know, Purdue and, um, you know, some other universities in specific sports um, in that the it, football, so to speak, if you got 11 guys on the, on the field, um, you take the wide receivers. Just look at the wide receivers uh, for this year at Purdue. You know, you got maybe two or three guys. I, saw, I was at the first game, I think it was against Penn State, and they played like four or five guys. Um, and Charlie Jones did really well. Um, the kid that just said that he was coming back next year, he did okay. I think that was the game he kind of, you know, went down and didn't and he didn't come back after that. But after those two guys, you didn't see anybody else. And I specifically said, you know, because uh, I think it was Miles's, you know, um, uh, official visit. I told Miles, I said, man, if they don't find anybody other than 15, then um, all you gotta do is shut him down, and, and they, you know, they're, they're kind of they're kind of figured out. And so, depth is the key, in my personal opinion, for any team that's in, you know, high school or college sports because if you do figure out the, who their go-to person is. So you can go to the volleyball team, right? Eva um, uh, is what they, you know, the volleyball, they, they set her every other set. And as soon as other teams say, you know what, if we just shut the, shut the freshman down, then we got a shot to really beat Purdue. Uh, you go to the basketball team last year. Um, you couldn't really do that because they had Jaden, they had, you know, Travion, they could go to Zach. Um, you look at them this year, everybody's saying, if you just shut, you know, Zach Eady down, then you got a shot. And they, People haven't figured out how to shut Zach Eady down. So, you know, Purdue, the basketball team is rolling. Uh, Football-wise, I think, you know, the the defensive line, as you had mentioned, creates a um, a different mindset. And when I was there, when I came in as a freshman, it was very it was very similar to that, right? I, was, I came in as a freshman. In my freshman class, I was the only freshman that didn't really get to play. I played special teams. Everybody else played their specific position that they were recruited in that year. And then uh, my sophomore year, um, I got the chance to play and start, and I rotated in with Craig Williams and a couple and Chike and Chuki were out there, um, and so you know the the it was it was more by committee. When you find that one special nugget, that one kid or that one guy that can carry a position, then you ride that guy. And fortunately enough, you know my sophomore, my junior year, my senior year. So my junior year. I rarely came off the field. My senior year, Chike came back. He was playing the other end. Then we had Chuki coming uh, coming off the bench. Um, uh, and, and I think, you know, we had the depth and then we had playmakers. So when you could do that, that's where you look at a team where, you you know, you look at the Alabamas and you look at the Michigans, you look at the, you know, all those top-tier programs every year because they have a guy that's a starter that's a five-star recruit and a guy that's a, a backup that's a five-star or a four-star and the only difference between the five star and the four star or the five star and the five star is who started and who finished the game. So um, I think depth is really, really key. I think they've done a phenomenal job of coaching that group of guys. And you can see it because you know, they don't they don't individually sub. They typically mass sub. I got I got a couple of relationships with a couple of guys that are on the, you know, in the defensive line room. Um, and so when they sub, you know, typically it's like the second or third series uh, of the game. Uh, they send all four new guys out there, and I don't think they think they lose a whole lot when those four guys go on the, on the, on the field. 
And then the next drive, you'll see them. They'll sub the first group back in there and they rotate out based on how long the drive is. And so um, I think depth is always going to be a crucial aspect of developing a team um, and the longevity, because uh, if you have a guy that goes down either in the game or during the season, you want to be able to put somebody in and do use that next man up mantra. But uh, if the next man up is not really a man, then it's difficult. So you're going to, you, you got to, you got to develop those guys in the off season and as the season goes along, and then you got to trust that they're working hard to put themselves in a position to be successful when they go out there as well. All right. I, th I think I'm up Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. um, my question is going to be another D line D line question. They've got a tall task this week with Michigan's best line that we've probably faced. Not the biggest though, but what do you think, that the Purdue defensive line needs to do to be successful? Or what do you, what would you say is a successful game for the defensive line this week? Well, I think if I, if I recall correctly, Michigan's uh, first running back is not playing in the game. Okay. So there, there, there goes back to the depth question, right? So if the, the first team running back is not playing in the game, who's next, right? So let's compare Purdue's, First team running back at the beginning of the year was, I think it was the King Dure, Dure kid. Yeah, Duru. And then uh, after him, you're looking at it was another kid that was a transfer. He didn't play. Then uh, Maccabi got a shot along with the other kid. I think he's number 38. Um, yeah, Downing. Downing, right? And so, you know, we look at uh, our starting running back and then our second team running back are two walk-ons, which not not to knock against them being walk-ons, but you look at Michigan, their first team running back goes down. They got a kid, they throw a kid in there that goes and rushes for 200 yards. Um, and so um, I think it, it, it's a it's a luxury that what Coach Brom had with those two guys to, to be able to fill in. But going back to the Michigan question and what the, does the D-line have to do, they just got to maintain um, their gaps. Um, gap integrity is always important when you play defensive line. If I'm the C-gap player, stay in the C-gap. If I'm the B-gap player, stay in the B-gap. Um, if you don't have a bunch of guys out there trying to be heroes, which they don't, I, I very, very rarely see any of the defensive linemen maybe once or twice a game out of their gap, which is, uh, I'd say, a credit to uh, Hagan and you know him being the defensive coordinator, attention to detail. It's very, very important to maintain gap integrity. If they maintain gap integrity, then it boils down to who's one-on-one -on -one and who can get off a block and make a tackle. And I, I very rarely see them getting overpowered and in bad positions when it comes to when it comes to trying to make those plays. So if the four or five guys on the defensive line can maintain gap integrity and um, and, 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 and do their job, then it boils down to, OK, can the linebackers see the play and fill the other gaps that are there and then make those tackles when they're when they're when their opportunity presents itself? So if you can stop the run with uh, the front seven, right, and limit that part of the game and force Michigan to, you know, make a play, right? If you if you just don't give up big plays, like you can't stay – I call it – you know, I coach middle school football at a, a small Christian school here in Indianapolis. It's the same school Miles goes to, but I've been coaching over there for, you know, for going on six or seven years now. And, and I just tell the kids, if you just make them earn it. You know, don't give them – don't give them – more credit than they deserve, right? They're, they, they, they're on scholarship just like we're on scholarship, right? Um, they lifted weights in the summer just like you lifted weights in the summer. And if you just go out there and just do your best, we need the best version of you every time you're out there. And 
if the defensive line can just maintain gap integrity, not give up, you know, big plays in the run, stay ahead of the chains, right? Stay ahead of the chains means limit them to two, three yards a, a, a down. That means that third down, it comes down to third and four, third and five at best. Make a play, make a stop, make them punt, keep it moving. And the more you can do that, um, you know, the, the better opportunity you have to give Aiden and the offense a chance to figure out their defense and uh, and potentially just create, like I said, that pressure situation because it, you know, pressure doesn't just affect players. It affects coaches too. Guy got to call the right play. And if he calls the wrong play and doesn't want to lose the game and, you know, that they're literally trying to talk about, I mean, you got, you got, you got podcasts trying to fire the guy in Ohio at Ohio state because he lost the game to Michigan two years in a row. And like, you know, it's, it's not that serious. Yeah. Yep. Boiler Blondie, what you got? All right. So you kind of answered um, a little bit of my question was going to be uh, what kind of words of wisdom do you have for the guys if you were in the locker room before the game? And you mm -hmm. kind of just mentioned, you know, make them earn it. Do you have any mm -hmm. other kind of, you know, motivation for them if you were um, standing in there with them? If, if I if I had any if I had an opportunity to stand in front of them, I think the biggest thing I would say is, um, you know, don't again, don't discount the work that you've put in as a Purdue Boilermaker since, you know, last, the end of the last bowl game, right? You get off the flight from the bowl game, you, you know, you know, enjoy that moment, that great win. And then uh, you get back to work, spring ball rolls in, and then you go home for a little bit for the summer. And then you, and then, you know, Penn State game is right around the corner. Don't discount what you put in. Don't, don't give them a, uh, you know, a discount for, just because they, they 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 got you know maize and blue on, and then seize the opportunity. I mean, there there, there are so many um, alum that are so proud. Like literally, uh, you know, there there are people like the day they won, then the basketball team did what they did. The the volleyball team got their bid to go, you know, for NCA. I saw more Purdue stuff running around Indianapolis than I've ever I hadn't seen in in two or three years, which is which is fine because you know everybody's gonna be. You know, and when they're doing bad, they're going to hide it. And when they're doing well, they're going to boast it. But I think at the end of the day, I would just tell the boys, man, you got you got the backing of an entire community around you. And it's just as good as any other any other, you know, alumni base. Um, you're playing not only for yourselves, but you're playing for your moms, your dads, aunts, uncles, your family members. But those teachers, those counselors that helped you get you know to this point. Um, because everybody's going to watch the game, right? Every, my son, you know what, or or Billy, you remember Billy that graduated in 2017? He's 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 a senior this year at, on the Purdue Boilermakers, and he's going to be playing downtown. Everybody's going to watch, and I would say um, everything that you've done over the last you know five, six, seven months to prepare for a moment like this. Now's the time, right? Now's the time that every film that you've watched comes into play. Now's the time that every weight that you've lifted. Um, every ounce of energy that you have. This is the most important game because it's the next game, but it's the biggest game of your life because it's the Big Ten Championship. Game. And they literally have an opportunity to go out and shock the world. And I don't think that uh, they should think that they can't do it. And, and, and if, if I'm Brown, I'm putting, on the, I'm putting on the tape of Ohio State. I'm putting on the tape of Ohio State um, from, uh, from um, two, three years before that when they beat them. I'm putting on um, – if my memory serves me correctly, Michigan came to Purdue a couple years ago, and it, we gave the game away. I believe. I think we were. We, yeah, we were. We were. No, it was. Um, it was seven zero, and then uh, what was it seven seven? And then Eddie 
took out um, the quarterback and O'Kern came in and we weren't ready yeah. for him. Yeah, and, and, that, and that basically – Joe, Joe, Joe Montana 2.0. You don't, you don't prepare for the backup quarterback. He comes in. He does stuff that's out of his mind because he doesn't even really know what to do. But um, I just think that, you know, Jeff's a, a wild card, specifically to these other coaches, uh, because of how he coaches, how he calls the game, right? And um, I think, you know, having Aiden back there is a huge benefit because he kind of, you know, runs things uh, to an extent that is, is beneficial. Um, I think we just we it's going to come down to they're going to take their like Penn State they're going to put like they put Joy Porter Jr. on on um, once they figured out who the guy was they put him on um, on uh, what's the kids what Ch- uh, Charlie uh, what's his last name Charlie Jones Charlie Jones they put they put uh, Joy Porter Jr. on Charlie Jones now hey what are you going to do wide receiver two three and four and can Aiden find that guy or or uh, the Payne Durham the tight end like. Okay, offensive coaches, when they take this away, this is what we got to go to. And it just boils down to performance and boils down to making a catch and making a play, not giving up a big play and offensively staying ahead of the change. Right. You know, I I know Jeff's philosophy and mindset because you can see it. He wants he wants big plays and he wants to throw the ball around all the time. Um, but, I, you know, I learned from Bill a long time ago, man, if it's, it's, it's you got three downs. If you can get three and a half yards every down. Then you matriculate to the first down. You just keep, just wash and repeat, um, and then sometimes you get a situation where you may want to do a little bit more because you got more than those three and a half yards. But man, uh, I think we got enough juice to get three and a half yards a, a play. Hey Roosevelt, I wanted to piggyback off something you said earlier. Um, you said Purdue's kind of like the Northwesterns, the Iowas of the world, and the Michigan Ohio State's kind of a tier above. What would you say Purdue and or Brom needs to do to build on this success and compete with those guys on a regular basis? So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that they're a tier above. Um, I, I would say they're looked at in a different light just because of their history. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I guess you can take it, you know, depending on who's telling the story. Uh, but I think um, I, I have. I have friends that attended those universities and I tell them all the time, I had the greatest experience of my life being at Purdue. I, I, I can't, I would, I wouldn't trade the four years that I had at Purdue for anything. And I don't hear them saying that about their university. Now I don't listen to them on their pod, on, on podcasts and I don't, I don't go to their alumni, you know, uh, spring banquets or whatever it may be. But I just know that, you know, fortunately I had, you know, two years that we were successful as a team. I was able to, you know, get drafted, go to the NFL and I always look back at, you know, those moments when I was at Purdue as life-changing experiences. My best friend to this day, I have a best friend I grew up with, but my best friend to this day is Ed Watson that was on the team with me there at Purdue. I played three years with him. He, you know, played a couple years in the NFL. He lives here in Indianapolis, Indianapolis area now and does a lot of real estate. And I talk to him almost every other day, right? Game is on. We're texting back and forth with each other about this and about that. Um, I think what Coach Brom has to do and what the team has to do is what the Right now is just continue to win. Um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna get, you know, there, there's really good athletes in Indiana, right? There's really good athletes in Illinois that may not want to go to Illinois. Well, you know, the success of you know what Illinois is doing is gonna recruit some of those in-state kids to stay there. Um, but you know, I think the last two or three years we probably lost out on a couple kids that went to Indiana that may have been different difference makers here with us. Uh, but you can go get an Ohio kid, right? You can go get a four-star. Ohio kid that maybe thinking he can go to Ohio State and like, man, don't go go to Ohio State if you want to. You come over here, you can play all four years, right? 
Um, you can use the Charlie Jones factor. Uh, hey, um, you know, you, you can go to Iowa and be a special teams guy in the fourth wide receiver. Come over here. I'll throw you the ball a hundred times throughout the year. You get a hundred receptions, make all big 10 and potentially go to, you know, to the NFL. I think there are things that they can use. There's little nuggets that they can offer and put out there. But I think the biggest thing is, is just continue to win. I think um, we'd be fooling ourselves if we didn't say um, we should, you know, that th there was a greater opportunity to be in the same position Penn State's in right now, being a top 10 team, right, with only one loss, one or two losses, because there's a couple of losses that, you know, we could we could easily say, you know, we, we, we should have wholeheartedly won that game. And, um, you know, I, but I think what Coach Brown just needs to do is to keep winning. This is a huge stage. And like I mentioned in the tweet, as soon as they won, um, as soon as they put the, the hey, we're the, we're the West champions, right, out there, um, it gave every alum a pound your chest moment, but it also gave every kid that committed that signed their letter of intent on November 9th, man, I'm going to Purdue, right? I'm the, my, 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 the place I'm going is representing the West in the championship game. And so for me, um, sorry, that's my, my oldest daughter texting me, but uh, for me, uh, I, I think the, the biggest thing they can do is just keep winning. They just keep putting the brand on the map by having it out there and being, being talked about. And I said it collectively as a whole, the athletic department too, but you look at what coach Brom and the football team did. You look at what coach painter and the, and the basketball team did. You look at uh, what Katie did in the, and the, and the women's basketball team and, and being six and one and coming home with the win. And then ultimately what the volleyball team, you know, they go out, Raven does well, sets a record for the big 10 in blocks. Um, they stumble a little bit when, you know, when they go to Penn state, but then, going to the NCAA tournament, getting another bid, another year into the tournament. For the brand, man, it was it was a phenomenal week. The basketball team obviously was, was, was the biggest, you know, obviously, talk of the town because now they're top five in the country and all that stuff. But man, I think I think for the brand of Purdue, um, it just it just continues to allow those kids in the Midwest, right, to, to see another option. Because I remember when I came to Purdue, I knew what Purdue was, but the kids that coming from, from Florida, they didn't know. They were like, man, I don't know where is Purdue at, right? They didn't know where, you know, specifically Willie Fells, Lee Johnson, Willie Burroughs. I, I had no idea where Purdue was, and I just came because I knew I was getting the opportunity to play at a Division One university. And those dudes were really talented guys. Well, Roosevelt, you uh, you brought it up, and we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Raven and Miles. Uh, I think I read – in an article the other day online after Raven had it, was it 16, 16 blocks was a Big Ten Big Ten uh, record? Yeah. Said said uh, Raven Colvin, know the name, remember it. And it was because I've been writing about it for several years. She's an absolute beast and a pleasure to watch. And um, and then Miles, I, I don't know. I know Purdue just lost a freak athlete and uh, Jaden Ivey. But, buddy, I, I don't know that I've seen an athlete of that stature in, in quite some time or if ever in black and gold. And we were super excited. Is there is there any way that you can convince him to stay for four years at Purdue? You know? uh, I mean, the, I'd say the difficult thing for me, um, you know, I, I talk to many people. I say many people. But I, I get, you know, hit and get in, inquiries from a lot of people. Uh, for a while there, everybody was wondering if he really was going to, you know, stay at Purdue, right? And the whole um, Nigel Pack thing, him leaving with the, you know, the money and stuff like that. Um, and I'm like, well, man, at 15, 
at 15, uh, they offered Miles a half a million dollars, and we said no. So, uh, and the reason why we said no, the biggest reason why he said he wanted to, he wanted to go to Purdue, and he wanted to, he wanted to go to school with Raven. And for me, I was like, man, that's cool. That's that, that's a really cool thing. Um, he doesn't, you know, at that at that age, he didn't know. He, he didn't even know that he was going to he was he was offered a half million dollars until after I told the people no. Um, and realistically, I told the people no, because I didn't want to give up my son at such an early age and have him move out of the house and stuff like that, because there were still things that I needed to teach him. There was life lessons that he hadn't gone through. He hadn't didn't have his driver's license, stuff like that. Um, so to, to say, can I convince Miles to stay four years? Um, that's hard <laughs> uh, because. Uh, there's a difference between a half a million dollars and 10 or $12 million. But um, I, I've, I've had really good talks and conversations with coach painter about, you know, these types of things, um, other sources and resources of people that are in that world that you know, kind of know talent and see talent. Um, and then um, he's kind of strapped anyway, because he's so young, you know, he won't, um, you know, he he he'll be 17 year old as a he'd be 17 as a freshman um as he when he walks on campus and um very similar to me i walked on campus i was 17 i left purdue um i, I didn't step foot in a bar in lafayette until uh the day of the the, the first round of the nfl draft in 1999 and only reason i went out that night was because i was mad that I didn't get drafted. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to go in the first round. So I just went out and hung out. Now, I'm not a drink. I've never drank alcohol ever in my life. I just went because I was 21 finally. And I was like, oh, I can go and show my ID. I ain't going to be here that much longer. So let me go hang out with my buddies. But uh, Miles is going to be 17, year old, 17 years old on campus. And, you know, you talk about Jaden, his athletic, athletic ability and who he was as a player. Um, I hate to even say it because I, I don't want to put the pressure on the kid because I always put, I put more pressure on him anyway. Um, he's just as athletic as Jay. And I'll say that um, the kid's jump shot is I've had pro guys tell me I've never seen a kid that young shoot the ball that well and his form be the way it is. Not to bring up the Hoosiers, but Mike Woodson, when Miles is the youngest kid ever get offered by Butler, Purdue and IU at the same time. Right. And so Mike Woodson, uh, people don't know this. Mike Woodson is a Indianapolis native, graduated from same high school as me, Barbara High School. And uh, Mike Woodson literally told me, he said, hey, man, your son reminds me of myself when I was, you know, when I was younger. Um, he said, I don't see him not being a pro basketball player. It'd be hard for me not to see him one and done. But he said, I want to be a, the person that molds him and shapes him into that player. And Coming from Mike, um, and I'm not a cusser, he said, and I wouldn't bullshit you. He said, I'm not that type of guy. And uh, that, to me, gave me uh, a little bit more perspective of how good Miles was at 15 or 16. And then that allowed me to say, we really got to we really gotta figure out what his path is going to be and help him to, to maintain that. And so um, – I don't know about four years, but uh, I'm just hoping to hoping to get him there to, for the first year. And man, the way the team is playing right now is awesome. It's awesome to see. It's it, it's a, like I said, it, it brings pride to the brand, and he's itching to to be a part of it. Um, he's you know still got his high school season that he's going through right now. It's already started at two games in, 
but uh, I, I would love I'm, I'm just itching to see him around more guys that have the same ability or like ability that he has and to see how he fits in. But uh, he's got to continue to work hard and continue to do things that, you know, have projected him to where he is right now. But um, I'm just trying to keep his head on straight and uh, and make sure he understands what the what, what 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 hard work means so he can put himself in a position in two or three years to to benefit the, you know, uh, the 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 re, the the, the sewing that he's been doing. Well, maybe that ask was too big. Maybe we should have just said, "Hey, a couple of years, a couple of years." Yeah, we're gonna take, we're gonna take it one day at a time. And, and trust me, he, he's he's excited. Um, he's he 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 loves he loves Purdue. I, I, and I and I say that because um, and, and we haven't we we've never force force fed Purdue to our kids, but um, you know we were very fortunate with Raven and how that situation worked out with the club that she played for and the coach and the person that ran that club had a tie to Purdue and gave a little heads up to coach Shondell or Dave and them that, that, you know, she, this kid's pretty good. And then, um, you know, the basketball thing for Purdue, I think, you know, Miles was a young kid, but you know, the literally the, the thing Matt and them said in the meeting on his, his unofficial visit, which was June, I think 2020, they said, Hey, every year, every time we see a tape of you, you get better and better. And, um, you check a lot of boxes. He said, he said, Payne said, you check a lot of boxes. He said, I don't owe your dad anything. And uh, he doesn't owe me anything because he's never invited me to his house. And I've never invited him to mine. But we're going to offer you a scholarship because we think you're a pretty good basketball player. And Miles, I had to tell the kid to speak up and say thank you because he – and I said, man, why did you say anything? He said, man, I, he said, I didn't know what to say. He said, I was speechless because I was, you know, I was, I was, you know, I was surprised. And so it's a humbling situation for us and for – me as a dad, man, to really to be able to experience what I've experienced in my lifetime, you know, Super Bowls, you know, and playing with the greatest quarterback ever and the greatest coach and, you know, playing for some great organizations and having some great teammates, um, even all my time at Purdue. For Raven to do what she's doing right now and then Miles to be potentially getting the opportunity he has, um, I am uh, I, I'm blessed beyond measure. And I just I, – it, it – it, Every day I pinch myself and I and I thank the Lord for his uh, unmerited favor, not just in my life, but, you know, for them as well. Well, I, I can tell you, we're, we're super excited to get Miles on campus. Uh, we're, we're, we're extremely excited that we get an NCAA tournament and yet two more years from Raven. And I'm mm -hmm. sure more records are yet to be broke. I know second team all Big Ten uh, is an honor, but it also feels like a little bit of a snub there, too. Yeah. So. We think the great things are ahead there, and 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 we can't thank you enough to, for for joining us tonight, and and thanks for taking the time to get on with us, nobodies, and 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 do this. No are you problem, going to the game? Are you going to game Saturday? I so um, got a lot going on in the next next I'd say seventy two hours. So tomorrow, um, uh, we're headed to Louisville to watch Raven them. They play at four o'clock. Then. Um, Come back from Louisville. Hopefully they win. Uh, if they win, which they got, they got to face Tennessee, but hopefully they win. Saturday, if they win, they play. They would play Saturday at six o'clock. But Miles has a three p.m. showcase game in what they it's a big tournament called Sneakers for Santa um, uh, here in Brownsburg in the in the Indianapolis area. And so um, I won't be able. So my wife Tiffany, she's gonna go. Hopefully, if Raven and win, she's going to go to Ravens match on Saturday. 
I have the Big Ten Network asked me to come on uh, at two o'clock for the pregame show with my good friend Mike Hall. So I'm gonna go downtown and do that. And then right after that, I'm headed to Miles's game. Right after Miles's game, uh, I'm gonna head back downtown to to the to the game and to the Big Ten Champion game and hopefully uh hopefully pull one out. I've I've been present for um I think a couple of top like I, last year they played Michigan State. Michigan State was like number three in the country, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Played last year. I was I was the I was the honorary captain for that game. They won that game. Uh, I think I was at the man. Was I at the Rondell Moore Ohio State game? I can't remember if I was at that game. But I have a decent I have a decent track record of being present at Purdue football games. So hopefully, say again. We need to get you to this game then. Somehow, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna be there. Don't worry about. It. I I will be at the game. Um, Let's just hope that they uh, that they do well. But again, I, as I as I mentioned, the brand Purdue brand, right? It's it's huge for the Purdue brand because it's going to be broadcast everywhere across the country. Everybody's going to be watching it to see one if Michigan fails, so that then they can you know p- push another team back into the top four. And if I'm if I'm you know if I'm a you know if I'm betting man, I'll, I'll bet a dollar that you know my Boilermakers will take it and win the game, um, make a few plays here or there, and um, because. You know, quarterback play um, is everything. That kid, I think the kid is a young kid. That's the quarterback, if I'm not correct. If I'm, if I'm, yeah. So they could just stop the run and put the ball, put the ball in that kid's hands. You know, I look at Michigan. I don't know if they have a a, a stellar a high. Do they have a wide receiver that was you know really Ronnie? Early? Ronnie Bell was third team All Big Ten, but he's only third team All Big Ten because he he plays with an M next to his name. So if 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 I'm a you know if I look at that right so my only so that's why I say my if I'm a if I'm a if I'm a a, a quote unquote lower tier team Michigan what do they do that's going to give us problems are they going to throw the ball deep because they're going to be faster than our DBs I don't think so because our DBs are pretty solid right we play well in the secondary which was a problem five or six years ago we had kids that I hate to say they had kids that couldn't tackle um, whoa now whoa now. Well, well, now that was my team. Relax. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> then, then you have then you have the D line, right? So we don't depend on one guy to be a world stopper. We got four guys that run in there, and so from a defensive standpoint, can we frustrate them? Yeah, get, give me give me a good brother English and and, um, and um, what's the D coordinator's name? Um, English. It's not, English. 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 And Hagen, yeah, give me a good game plan. Y'all give me a good game plan. The, the kids will perform, and then it'll be up to figuring out, uh, you know, they take if they take away option one and option two away. Option one is you know fifteen. Option two is is the tight end. Then we got to run the ball, or we got to get somebody else the ball, and you know, in the passing situations, and just move the ball, you know. And I think I think we got a shot. I definitely think we got a shot, and. Um, Hopefully, you know, I'm not for sure what the what what how they blew Ohio State out. I didn't even watch the game. But at the end of the day, man, uh new day. That's why they play the game. It's a team game, team sport. And any given Saturday, right? It used to be in my game, it used to be any given Sunday, but any any given Saturday, um, I'm betting on my boilers and I, I hope that they uh they show up and, and show up well. You uh have a final score prediction? Man, I think you know. To be honest, if if we want to, if we if if we really want a legitimate opportunity to win the game, um, I think um, we're not kicking field goals. 
let's, you know, because we're going forward. If it's a 40-yard field goal, I think the young kid has struggled a little bit. That may be because we were outside, but um, I'll take it. I'll, t- I'll take 24-17, right? I think if if we're going to win the game, you know, we got a, a field goal is going to push it out there for us. We got to, you know, be successful on at least five or six, you know, drives, and we got to keep them from, you know, scoring and making big plays. I think if we do that and just keep it even, um, you know, uh, and stay ahead in the turnover, you know, you know, ratio, I think we got a shot. But I would say 27 – that's say 27-14? 24-17. So a touchdown, a touchdown. So we, we score three times. So Charlie Jones gets a touchdown. Maccabee gets a touchdown. Payne Durham gets a touchdown, right? Those three guys, or you you mix it up and get somebody else. Field goal kicker gets gets a gets a gets a kick, and I don't know who they got to run, you know, who they have to to do anything with the ball. But you know, you you make them play from behind. It's a different team, right? They're not running the ball. Um, make them pass it, and, and hopefully it goes from there. So we'll see if my prediction, you know, comes to fruition. Sooner, sooner than later. Yeah, I say go. you're an easier interview than Matt Painter. Yeah, what Matt's a good dude, man. He, he talks a lot. Oh, yeah, I know what I'm saying. You talk just as much, so we, we don't have to do anything. We just sit here and listen. That's great. That's great. Sorry about that. Okay. No, that's great. Much appreciated for your time tonight. Um, and uh we'll let you we'll let you hop off here and uh maybe maybe you'll maybe now that we have a connection, you can jump back on someday. We're, hey, we got we got plenty we got plenty of content coming. I, I actually the crazy thing is I was trying. I, I hate to keep talking. Um, keep going. So I was at I was at uh, obviously at Purdue volleyball and Dave's is it Dave's son? Yeah, Dave's son does the Purdue volleyball broadcast and mm-hmm. then um, uh, Allie Horn not Allie but uh, Mo Hornick is you know joins him for the home matches in some close away games. And so I told him I said, man, we need to do. We need to do a, a version of the Manning cast for Blue Volleyball. So for me, I was going to bring – so uh, Brielle Warren, me and her dad, played together in New England. I said, if you let me and Ty just talk about the game, talk about the match, I guarantee you it, it would be <clears throat> nonstop comedy. I, I'm, my, so I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a transition phase right now. I'm trying to figure out how I can um, get my version of that. And I think I want to do it – I'm, I'm going to try to reach out to Purdue Sports and see if they're – they would allow, you know, uh, that to happen. Um, you know, not to not to say that Brother Quinn that does the radio for Purdue that nobody's listening to that, but um, you know, we we go we entertainment is what people are looking for, and I think I I think I'd I'd be okay at it. I think I'll have a good time at it. That that would be incredible. So so not that we have thousands and thousands of followers. But you have do you have anything uh, that you want to shout out from from your side? I know you're you're a businessman, or if you have anything going on. Or any- yeah, no, I don't. I don't have a whole lot, man. I mean, obviously, we're gonna be, you know, it's peak season for UPS um, and shipping. So if anybody's in the Indianapolis area, um, please give us grace, man. Uh, if you don't know, the workforce is uh, is being hit really, really hard. So a lot of us small business owners are are fighting for good workers and good folks that show up and good folks that want to, you know, earn a dollar. Um, so if you visit any of my centers, uh, which is in Briarville Village off of East Washington Street, um, uh, inside Meyer on 96th Street, off of 117th and Fishers, and then 146th in Noblesville, please give my, my staff a little bit of grace. Um, they're trying. Uh, you might catch me in there. So uh, over the next few months and then, you know, my wife's bakery, which is uh, Sweetie's Gourmet Treats, they're still going strong. 
Um, you know, we, we're small business owners, um, but uh, uh, the holiday season is is amongst us. Uh, prayerful for that, that everyone has a blessed one. Um, I lost my dad about three months ago, so um, hug your family members, man. Hug those people that are close to you um, that uh, you you may not uh, have a, a stronger relationship with that you had in the past, but uh, just cherish time, man. Take care of yourselves, your bodies, and all that stuff. But uh, give Miles and Raven a follow, and hopefully uh, we'll, uh, we'll get us a, a national championship in volleyball and a Big Ten championship in football and then a national championship in basketball, and then Miles gets there, a back-to-back championship in basketball. You know, keep rolling. We'll take it. We'll take it. All right. All right, much appreciate it. Thank you, Rose. I am telling you, I didn't uh, have to sell him any hope. He already has hope. He's got. That's. Uh, I. I. I hope he didn't take offense to me saying he's an easier interview than Matt Painter. That's a. That's um. That's a compliment, man. He's he's he's, uh, he's a good dude. So. Race, if you think your secondary tackle's worse than this one, what exactly were you guys doing in practice? <laughs> uh, man, I couldn't, couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I, don't, I don't remember half that, what happened there. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into the nuts and bolts of this game. Um, Riles, I'm going to turn it over to you, and we can fly. let's make this a conversation for the rest of the night. We can go as little or as long as you want. Uh, we already have several people watching, so – um, uh, Riles, I guess, start us off with, um, you know, what, what, what do we expect to see Saturday? You know, what, what, what's the keys of this game? And then, and then we'll go to, uh, race and you sell us hope. And, uh, I'm going to go grab a beer and I'll be right back. Oh, I would say the biggest key to this game and race. And I've talked about this is that it's, just a game to throw everything on the table because Purdue, by the t- when the game closes, when the lines close, Purdue's going to be between 14 and 17 point underdogs. So if you throw every trick play you got in the book at them and Michigan blows one up and it's a touchdown and you lose by 24 instead of 17, what does that, what does that matter? It's you're not one of those scenarios where you're not expected to win so just you, there's no point in being conservative. If you get an early fourth and one from your own 40, there's no point in punting. You're not – go for it. Like trust that your running back that's been a breakout star can get that yard. It would be one of those where we've talked like to see the Jeff Brown from 2017 and 2018 where it was at least one trick play a game. Hell, the 2017 game against Michigan opened with that throwback pass to David Blau like, now, I'm not saying do that with Aiden because that'll take roughly an hour and a half for him to go 40 yards, but just let everything out on the table. Like, it's no need to be conservative. If you don't have to settle, you don't need to <clears throat> on fourth and short punt or kick a field goal, go for it because at the end of the day, not a lot of people are expecting Purdue to win. So you don't have a reason not to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. No, one one hundred percent. And Roosevelt was like, you know, how did how did Michigan beat Ohio State? It's like they were not. Ohio State was not aggressive, or they were they were way too aggressive in situations where they shouldn't be aggressive, and in situations where they should have been aggressive, they were like, oh no, we're just gonna punt the ball away or run the ball for like nothing. So we definitely need to. I mean, we're playing with house money. We have to 
just call a good game. It's just don't don't worry about being balanced. If something's working, something's working. If we're running the ball like consistently well, run the ball. If we're not, then just throw the ball. Like we don't have to fit a single mold of like, oh, we need to be a balanced team. It must be 50-50. It was like I saw Mike Leach had a quote. It's like balanced offense isn't 50-50. It's like, no, I want to get the ball to my five best players. And if they're all wide receivers, then I'm going to get them the ball. It's like, who are our best players? Okay. Payne, Charlie, and Devin. We don't have to give Devin the ball running. Like last week with IU, he, the run the run plays were, you know, just a swing pass out and him in space is fantastic. To yeah. touch on what race is saying, I just, I feel like Devin's the key here because like he's saying, it doesn't have to be all run, doesn't have to be all pass. But utilizing Maccabee in both the run game and pass game has really elevated this offense. I feel like when we stray away from using Maccabee, the offense has kind of suffered at times. So I think he's really the key, no matter whether it's passing or running, we need to keep utilizing him. I think defensively, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched much of that Michigan-Ohio State game. Michigan burned Ohio State deep multiple times, and I don't think they were ready for it because what has Michigan done all year? They've ran the ball. So I think we just need to kind of keep Michigan in front of us and not give up those big chunk plays. And I think those are the two big keys that will help us at least stay in the game. Well, and the, the main thing that happened with Michigan's long balls against Ohio State is Ohio State was playing basically straight zero coverage. And so and they all have terrible vision. They all had their eyes in the backfield. So the first, the first one was just a missed tackle. The next one was a blown coverage because the backside safety just decided to not do his job and then the other one was you know tight end out and up um again safety has his eyes in the backfield like go jump it because i'm more athletic than you and then he just gets burned like we're not going to be running i wouldn't i'd be very surprised if we run the same exact off or defense as ohio state because that's not going to work and we've we've done that in the past and it hasn't worked so i think we'll see more a little bit more zone concepts, hopefully. Well, and look at what Illinois did that gummed up Michigan. Illinois under any Brett Bielema team is going to – comes from that Iowa tree of defensive philosophy, whereas you're not going to get the big play on us. You're going to have to sustain a 10-12 play drive to get points. And Michigan couldn't do that against Illinois until they got the benefit of a couple beneficial it, calls Drive. And then Michigan's like, oh, we're going to do that to Ohio State. Oh, it actually works. Yeah. So it's one of those where it's just finding that proper balance between the Penn State game where we're super aggressive or super passive on defense late and then the Syracuse game where we're super aggressive late. And you got to find – I don't have enough trust in this secondary that I'm just going to say like – you said man up zero coverage and make them beat us because we haven't seen the secondary be able to do that consistently. But I think it's going to come down to we've got the depth in the defensive line in Michigan's blocking, especially pass blocking hasn't been all that great. So if we can keep just a little bit of pressure on a young quarterback on a big stage, make them make mistakes. Don't do anything that's going to help them because you're already the underdog. You don't need to give them a busted play because that's what they did against Ohio State. I think it was at least four of their scoring plays were 
45 plus yards. Like mm-hmm. you, if that happens Saturday, Purdue's dead in the water because that's in the the main route concepts they run. We don't want to be in man. Their favorite route is a crossing route, and Ronnie Bell, he's just fast. That's really it. And they and Roman Wilson, number 14. So eight and 14 are their crossers. Um, you don't want to get into man man that way because then you get got to get into a trail technique and it just becomes you know chaos. Like he, you lose one step. That's where big plays can happen. And then especially you don't want to be in man because J.J. McCarthy has one read and then he scrambles. And that's that's where he's most effective is outside the pocket, throwing on the run, um, just having that scramble drill. So do you, do you think that – I mean, Purdue's really got to play loose here, right? They've got to be pretty aggressive to win this game. Do we see that? Do we see that Coach Brom – uh, open up the playbook, not be scared. Just... I actually argue against being too aggressive because Ohio State did that, and that was that was when they were just be, they Ohio State loves the home run ball. But where they were successful and where Illinois was successful and even Maryland was successful were you know short passes, short to mid-range passes. Ohio State, where they struggled was you know 15 plus yards. and they always wanted to throw those 15 plus yards ball yard balls. They had one or two that went their way, but most of them, they had good coverage in the back end. So it's like, we need to be patient, I think, but I want to see the trick plays. I do want to see them. I want to see at least like five or six of them, but we need to be content with, you know, having like, you know, short passes for like short gains and stuff because of the way Michigan's defense plays, those things are open. And I mean, Ohio State, even if you look back, like they were trying, they were doing that successfully. And then, you know, there'd be a drop ball or um, a penalty that was just dumb or something. And it's just like, if we can just sustain drives, like get those 10 to 12 play drives, you know, keep Michigan's offense off, that'd be great. So I agree. I think last, sorry. Go ahead, Boiler. Uh, no, so last week, I think, you know, we added another player, Mockaby. You know, we saw a lot from him, um, you know, really step it up. I think if we can get him involved again this weekend, just like you said, you know, those those five, six, seven yards at a time, with three different guys on the field, you know, I think we, I think we have a pretty good chance um, if we can just utilize each of them. And what, what I'd love to see is getting Mockby on the edges. Ohio State had good runs, you know, in Illinois had good runs, out, like outside the tackles, outside the guards, like running up the middle didn't really work. You know, that's where you're seeing like your one to two yard gains, even a loss. Yeah. So, uh, oh, I was quick thing was the one thing, and Ryan, you touched on it earlier about when talking about balance was the last thing I want to see is if Michigan builds an early lead that we go away from the run because we, Brom has a tendency when Purdue falls behind or starts out slow, it's pass, 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 mix in an occasional run with especially the offense we've seen the last couple of weeks, you have to keep the run game involved, even if it's not a traditional under center, hand the ball off. If you run in that option, that read option that you've run with Aiden, that's suckered Indiana. It's suckered Illinois. They're not expecting it. Stuff like that, that can also get the ball to Devin out on the edges where he's going to be more effective than up the middle. Even if it seems like we're in a hole, there's still time to run the ball and keep that option. Because if we reduce this to where Aiden's got to drop back 50 times, it's, going to be a bigger struggle than it needs to be 
So I agree with race. I don't want us to be overly aggressive to a fault, but I want to see like in scenarios as needed, you know, that fake punt from the Foster Farms Bowl, like plays like that, open up the book a little bit as needed and really get creative because we really haven't seen any of that the last year, last two years. So this is the game to do it of any. Race that I, when I was out that I, where's all this hope? Did you already, did you already sell it? Oh, here <laughs> you, you, you want, you want all the hope. Give me the hope. Okay. Um, oh, where to start? Well, okay. Hold on. Let's uh, start with this. You start us off, sell us this hope and give us your game prediction. Then we'll go around and let's, let's see. Michigan, uh, I'm going to start this off. Michigan is a very, very good team. I think they're probably the best team in the nation. And that is me just throwing shade at the SEC because they're garbage. They're not garbage. They're second best. Um, But they have their flaws. And Purdue fans should be, you know, thanking God all day long. Like we are playing Michigan and not Ohio State. If we were playing Ohio State, this would not be a potentially close game. I don't see it any way we beat Ohio State. We match up very well against what Michigan is. You know, offense our our defense against their offense. They're a very run heavy offense. We've <clears throat> done except minus two games all year long. We've done very well against the run. We've only given up three one hundred yard rushers. Last and it was it would have been two if that uh, guy from IU last week didn't have a hundred yards on the nose, and they were just yep. they were just to Wisconsin and Iowa, you know, Edwards is he Donovan Edwards or Brandon Edwards I can't remember Donovan Edwards Donovan Edwards he is a fantastic back he is not Blake Corum Blake Corum would give us troubles day in and day out all day long and just be terrible for us because he's so good at cutting back. We've faced better running backs than Donovan Edwards, and we've held them to, you know, what we've done. Like if we, and everyone's like, oh, we're a terrible rush team, rush defense. No, we're not. We're the 37th best rush defense in the nation. We give up 128 28 yards a game, or 129 if you round up. And that's with those two debacles of Wisconsin and Iowa. So, but I mean, I can't throw those out because those actually happened. Their wide receivers aren't anything special. We've faced way better running or way better wide receivers this whole year. Um, and we've done, you know, okay at that. Okay at that. Um, Maryland comes to mind. Maryland's wide receivers are way better than Michigan's. And if I remember correctly, minus that one long play at the end of the half, we actually did fairly well against their pass deep or pass offense. Mm-hmm. Um, their quarterback, JJ, he's very good running the ball uh, in the pocket. He's good at throwing a crossing route a out route to the left and then a deep ball. If he's wide open, if there's any coverage there, he's not very good at throwing that throwing an accurate ball, but you can't let him, you know, get confident. Um, he threw, he, he had a fantastic game against Ohio state. You cannot take anything away from what he did there, but that was kind of not what he's used to doing. So actually just in general, Michigan last week against Ohio state has not Michigan that, is like known like they had a great game plan they won kudos to them but our defense matches up pretty well what we need to happen is, what we need to have happen is our inside linebackers fit their gaps really well and cam allen i think needs to have a fantastic game he's got a tackle 
He's got he, he just has tackled inside linebackers have to fit their gaps. What happened with Michigan Ohio State last week is both those long runs is Tommy Eichenberg decided to not go into his gap because he was getting frustrated probably with the offense, and then Ransom missed a tackle on one of the long runs too. So Cam needs to tackle or at least hold up or slow down Donovan Edwards probably when he breaks at least one or two of them. Am I still here? Do we have do we have a final game? Oh, I'm I've I've only talked about the defense. Okay, I thought you were done. No, keep going. Let's keep going. Offensively, their corners aren't anything. We face better corners. Their D line is good. Their D line is good, but they have massively wide splits. So the the ability to run will will and should be there. May not be every single play, but we should be able to get, especially with Mockaby. When I watch more film of Mockby, he looks like a younger Blake Corum. He's like, this is going to be fantastic. Like, he'll be fantastic eventually. But we should be able to hopefully get a few run plays in. Their linebackers are good. Um, their safeties are good. But I think there's there's weaknesses on this Michigan defense. They're very good in the red zone, so that's going to be a sh- that's going to be a thing. Is when when we get like within 15, 10 yards, their corners become very elite, um, which is not uncommon. That's less ground you have to cover. Um, but we need to be very creative down in the red zone because we need touchdowns. We're not going to win with field goals. But one thing that has stuck out to me watching Michigan film is they struggle heavily when you have two tight ends in the pass set. And I couldn't tell you what it is, but like when you look back at Maryland's, uh, the game against Maryland, their tight ends combined for six catches for 109 yards in the touchdown. Luke Lachey of Iowa number two tight end. He had four catches, 84 yards and a touchdown. Um, I'm not saying Paul Paferi needs to put up those numbers, but for some reason, whenever a second tight end comes in, the defense changes and we need to be able to get, especially get pain in good situations where he's lined up against, you know, not, they play basically four, two, five. We need the nickel, not on pain. We need one of their linebackers or safeties covering pain and pain should have a field day. So it's just, can Brom call a clean game? Um, can, love, he? can he? I've, I've seen it before in 2017. <laughs> so it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be a complete game too. Um, if we get down, we've got to stay, we got to just keep on doing what we're doing. But I think there is, um, there is more hope than people are really giving us. And I, people are looking too much at this Ohio State game, thinking like, oh, Purdue is the same same team or does the same stuff as Ohio State. It's like, no, we don't. We actually pass for short. We pass for like, what, 5.3 yards a carry or 5.3 yards per attempt or something like that, which is not very long for a pass play. So I'm very hopeful of, you know, that our offense, especially what we've shown this year, can do what it needs to do against Michigan. Uh, final score prediction. Um, you can come back to that. I need right. to uh, get off my hope train. <laughs> I, and this is something I, I'm sorry I should have done this before we started this. Segment, but you know we've got uh, uh, two special guest hosts on tonight. Um, I'm gonna uh, boiler blondie. Do you want? I guess real quick, just tell us a little bit about yourself. You know why you're a Purdue fan, and and then uh, let's let's get your score prediction for 
Uh, All right. Um, so I'm Brittany and I, my grandfather, um, diehard Purdue fan. And I grew up watching uh, Purdue with my grandpa and I followed in his footsteps and went to Purdue in 09. And he gave me this awesome bad call brick that I throw pretty much every game. Um, so it's one of those things that's just been in the family for a really long time. Uh, watch every game, pretty much any chance I can get. And I enjoy most of you uh, tweeting <laughs> nonstop during the game. So it's been fun. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Purdue 28, and I'm thinking Michigan 17. I liked uh, Roosevelt's prediction on the 17 score there. I like that. Oh, boy, we're already starting with the Boilers winning. I love that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Ryan, you were a little froze earlier. Are you back with us? Yeah, I'm here. You guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear yep. you. Well, cool. You're frozen, though, so I'll take I'll take you off the big screen. We can hear you. All right, cool. Give us yep. some game questions here. All right, so first off, well, I'm a Purdue fan. Start with the old man. Uh, started watching Purdue. It was always on TV, basketball, football. I, when I could remember was kind of during the Kyle Orton years and then for basketball, the humble years. Been a fan ever since. I couldn't tell you a game that I've missed. I'll do anything and everything to not miss a game. Uh, other family members went there, so I've just been a diehard my whole life. Um, leading into this game, I don't want to bet or pick Michigan, although I think that they're probably going to win. But for the sake of Purdue podcast, I'm going to go Purdue 35-28. I think to win, we're going to have to score a lot of points because with what Michigan did to Ohio State and Riles, you touched on it, our secondary issues, I think those have kind of been a problem all season. So I think that Michigan's going to score points. So in order for us to win, we're going to have to outscore them. Okay. All right. So so we're two for two on Purdue winning. Um, let's go to Riles. Riles, what you got? Uh, Michigan probably 31, Purdue 20. It's just anything – being in this game is I know like people are gonna be like <laughs> I'm normally tend towards the pessimistic side side because it's a lot more fun being mad at your team than being super excited because the you can always find something to be mad about versus be excited about. And I just think we match up well with Michigan, but they just kind of do everything a little bit better and they've got a little bit more talent than we do. And I think it's probably going to rear its ugly head during it, but our special teams went from the start of the year where it was like, this might be we've added an all big 10 returner. We are bringing back a kicker that was pretty solid last year. Turns out we still can't return kicks. And now we have a kicker who cannot put the ball through the uprights. And so it very well could be one of those where it's a game where it's back and forth. It's close end up, like fourth and six, so we kick 42-43 our field goal, miss, Michigan goes down, scores, and right there, that's kind of – my big fear is that I don't think on the margins what this team has shown all year is clean enough on the margins to pull something out. But then again, I didn't think last year's team was going to be two top five teams. So it can happen. I expect – Purdue to keep it close. I don't expect them to win, but 
I've been wrong many times before. So, so, so I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna give you a, a, a final score, but I'm gonna give you a very specific way this game ends, and we're gonna see if we nail this, nail this like we did the Maryland game, like I did the Maryland game. I think that Purdue comes back from down double, uh, two scores, to tie the game. And in the fourth quarter, at the end of the game, they block a Michigan field goal only to get possession back and drive down and Fitteran hits the longest of his career to win the game. That's my He's indoors. Opinion. Yeah, we're indoors and he's got he's got, you know, what a better moment to 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 cap off this well, not not the end of the season, but what a, what a better way to, to get launched into the into the Rose Bowl with a guy that struggled a little bit through the year. So, race, you've had time. What do we got? Michigan probably beats us nine out of ten times. So it's whether I can bring myself to pick the one time. What happens Saturday? <laughs> what happens Saturday? Uh, <clears throat> I'll just say 30 to 28 Purdue. Okay, so we're going with a 10 percenter. With a 10 percenter. Might as well. I mean, you got what well, you got, plus 600 odds. Going to throw down some fun money on there because yeah. why not? I mean, Might I, as well. They, they play the game for a reason, right? I mean, and, and Purdue's done a lot harder tasks. So Here, Here's the thing with college football. If you have the better quarterback, you're going to win a majority of the time. I think AOC is a better quarterback than JJ McCarthy. Um, so, well, and if I follow that rule, I think we win. What happened in the Iowa game in Wisconsin? Uh, Wisconsin were cursed, if you haven't realized that. And with Iowa, uh, if there is any hint of precipitation in the in the air, <laughs> like. Jeff's offense just has never done well. Okay. I got you. All right, guys. Riles, Race, Ryan, Boiler Blonde, you guys got anything else before we wrap this up tonight? No, thanks for letting me join. I had fun. It was uh, really cool to be, you know, in this presence of uh, Roosevelt. I thought that was really awesome. So thanks for thanks for having me on tonight. No, it's, it's really cool. So so thank you guys for joining. Thanks to, to Roosevelt for taking 45 minutes out of his, his night and, and, and joining us amateurs. Um, on behalf of BUBD, I sure as hell hope the Boilers win, win Saturday. And I'll, I'll tell you this, Boiler Nation, I know tickets are expensive Saturday. They may come down, they may not, but get your asses to Lucas Oil Stadium. Right, we need that. It, it, it's our. It's in the middle of our home state. We're playing for a damn Big Ten championship in a game that we had uh, probably no right to get into, but we're there. Here, here's the biggest thing. When is the next time Purdue's going to be here? That's exactly right. That's exactly with you, not next year with that schedule. UCLA and USC come the next year, and it's going to get rid of divisions. Oh, I'll, so I'll it's answer. Like, no, it's we're going to be there every year from here on out. From here That's on out, Big Ten West champions and we're going to remain there so i've um, been to, i've been to multiple big 10 championships with ohio state wisconsin over the years and i'll tell you what it is a fantastic experience so for purdue to be here this is this is awesome and everybody should go and enjoy it 
I totally agree. I mean, don't 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 be kicking yourself, especially after Purdue wins that you didn't go to the game. And and every black and gold uh, button in the seat there's is sure gonna help. We we don't we don't want more uh, maize and blue in that stadium than black and gold when it's smack dab in the middle of our state. You got you got race coming all the way from New York. So if he can do it, we can all do it, right? Just hoping, you know, look all my planes are on time. Exactly. Exactly. All right, guys, I'll wrap this up. On behalf of BUBD, uh, thanks for everybody for joining. Thanks for bearing with us on this uh, this new platform and live streaming thing. I hope it worked well. I don't know have any way to confirm that, so maybe nobody even watched this tonight. Uh, but regardless, thanks to everybody for joining us, and uh, go Boilers. Boiler up.